0: Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: The inevitable truth for some is that they will develop cataracts at some point in their lifetime. In fact, more than 2.5 million Canadians already have cataracts, according to data from the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. But what can you do about it? Is surgery necessary? Is it a long and painful recovery? All your questions about cataracts will be answered this half hour by our trusted contributor, Dr. Ritesh Patel of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Uh, thanks for coming in
2: again. Oh, always a pleasure. And it's a day like today where it's nice and sunny and bright outside that we get reminded of this, right? Because one of the key things that uh, that we always like to let our listeners know is things like cataracts are caused by UV damage, right? So, you know, a day like today, at least in Toronto, it's it's bright and, and sunny outside. And if, you know, the reality would be is those are the, t- the um, when we're talking about cataracts, that's the type of, uh, of uh, UV damage that we've been talking about in the past that has been caused. Uh, to get them to progress unfortunately
1: interesting I guess I'm of a certain age that the last time I was at my optometrist uh, we did the test to see if I am susceptible for cataracts uh, so she was able to see that the way my eyes are how they respond to the light and so are pretty much uh, pretty much de- uh, in line with my age but it's interesting the time before that they didn't want to do the test so I thought oh, okay yeah. <laughs> definitely in zoomer territory now <laughs>
2: yeah you know when you got those candles on on the cake. Uh, those yeah. are the changes that we're looking for. And so, you know, part of it, as you just mentioned, is uh, is the age factor. And if we take a step back and, and talk about what a cataract is, it's a, it's a clouding of the lens of your eye. Uh, and think of your lens as like the windshield uh, from a car. And essentially, that can get a little bit dirtier and, and a little bit foggier over time. And essentially, when we talk about cataracts, it says it's it's going to cause you to have a slight blurred vision in one or both eyes. Typically, it's progressive. So once you have it or you have the start of it, it doesn't reverse itself. Uh, And things such as, as I just mentioned, the UV damage uh, age, uh, things like diabetes or certain medications can start uh, or can uh, cause them to progress that much faster.
1: Right. So let's talk about protecting your eyes so that you can put off the onset of
2: cataracts for as long as possible. So one of the the major things to protect your eyes long term is is from UV. Uh, And we know the type of changes that we get from UV in our skin for that matter we always slather on sunscreen, uh, you know, obviously sunny days. But I tend to kind of make that uh, a point for for my patients that also understand to do that on cloudy days, right? Because you're still getting the UV damage that comes through. Now, knock on wood, hopefully we're past uh, some of the winter months here in Toronto. uh, But what can happen also is on cloudy days, you also get the uh, the UV that gets penetrated through and it gets reflected off things such as snow or water or even sand and you're going to get a double whammy. So you always want to make sure that uh, not only on sunny days, which are obvious, but also on cloudy days to make sure that the UV protection is on.
1: Yeah, and we were joking about age, but at what age should you be more conscious of protecting your eyes? Against oh, cataracts,
2: day one, from the beginning, from the beginning, for sure. Like uh, you know, I, I rolled in my seven-month-old daughter here to She's the studio. So
1: cute, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
2: and we we keep the sunglasses on her very early. Uh, the other thing that uh, that we always talk about is uh, is also medications. Right now, we talk with our zoomers that, that many of which are on certain medications that can cause uh, things such as cataracts to progress. One of them is the steroid. Right, so you know whether it's a topical drop or whether it's a uh, it's something you're taking um, orally. Uh, certain uh, other medications or even trauma can do it as well so if you've ever had any type of both ocular trauma or even even a car accident which is not directly to your eyes but just something where you've had a blunt force you can also cause a traumatic cataract as well 416-360-0740,
1: 416-360-0740 1866-744-740 we're speaking with our trusted contributor Dr. Ritesh Patel of the Ontario Association of Optometrists your opportunity to get in line and have a free checkup via the airwaves do cataracts run in the family
2: so we can't ignore the genetic factors really with anything when it comes to the eyes or even your, your entire systemic health. Um, the reality would be is if you have a mom or, or father or even brother or sister, or even a grandparents that have had cataracts early, uh, then unfortunately there is that genetic uh, incidence where you can also have it earlier than the typical uh, point in your life. Now, we generally see cataracts in, in 55, 60-year-olds and over, uh, but I have patients that are in their 20s and they have cataracts, oh, right? Okay. So, you know, if you have that genetic predisposition of having cataracts, it's not that you're 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 going to get them eventually. The question mark is how early will you actually uh, need to uh, not only keep an eye on it or or ne- necessarily go with surgery.
1: George in Etobicoke, you have a question for Doctor Patel.
3: Yeah, I'm currently 90. I had my cataracts done last year. Uh, each eye, like if I look uh, with one eye shut, I can see anything. Like I can see without glasses or anything. But when when I'm looking at fine stuff now. Even with the glasses, with the prescription that I've got after the operation, oh. uh, I have trouble. I, I'm moving the glasses constantly, and and sometimes I get sort of uh, like a double vision if if I'm concentrating on it, you know.
2: So, sorry, uh, it, it, it's, when you say fine vision, you mean the near vision, like when you're trying to read something?
3: Yeah, like, okay. or let's say you're threading a needle or something like that, like, gee, it's a, it's a major operation for me. Yeah,
2: so so typically when you're looking at something up close, and it sounds like you've had a successful procedure and glasses for distance, at least is something of the past, um, you know, for near vision, you always have to keep in mind at what distance you're working with. So, for example, if you're talking about threading a needle, that that's a different distance, for example, than uh, most people would use a computer at. Now, when you're when you got your glasses, one of the things that I typically uh, discuss with my patients is what are you trying to accomplish with these? Are you trying to thread a needle, or are you trying to look at a at a computer screen? Uh, because your doctor is going to recommend something, or your optometrist is going to recommend something very specific for that. If uh-huh. you're finding that you're getting double vision, or simply put, the vision is just simply not as clear as you want it to be, um, I'd probably double back with your optometrist, have them check it again, and ensure that they know exactly what you're looking to accomplish with that pair of glasses, because then they can gear it exactly towards that.
3: But because- why would you have a double? Why would you get double vision? And and if you close one eye, it it, it immediately disappears the double vision.
2: Well, double vision is caused by a disconnect between the two eyes, right? So, you know, if, of course, in theory, once you close one eye, you're not going to have another um, message being sent to the brain. You're just getting it from one eye. Uh-huh. So if uh, the alignment of the lenses are not aligned with what the target you're looking at, then that's going to cause you to have double vision through the glasses.
3: Like, it's it's nothing that's, like, major. It's just, uh, you know, like, what would it be, just a fluke in nature or what?
2: Uh, no, definitely wouldn't go that far. Uh, I, I would say it's, it's a measurement thing. So when they, what, what I would do is go back to your optometrist or optician, uh-huh. uh, wherever you've got the glasses for that matter, as well as the prescription, let them know about the situation, and they'll, they'll take the necessary steps to get it corrected. They'd give you a different lens? It, potentially, yeah.
3: Okay.
1: Okay, yeah. George, thanks for your call. Yeah, thanks very much. Okay, now. Bye. Bye. Uh, we've got Fred in Toronto. You'd like to ask Dr. Patel a question about your eyes.
3: Yeah, thank you very much for taking my call. I have scar tissue on the back of the eye, and I'm, I'm seeing spots. but I just want uh, another opinion on it. And uh, it's pretty stable the last couple of years, but there's a scarring tissue on the back of uh, one eye and coming in the other one. I don't know if there's anything more you can do on it unless you get to the uleic exchange where you need an operation, and I understand that the success rates are, you know, or failure rates are about 50%. So I don't know if, if uh, there's anything else I could better do.
1: Okay, I'm going to let your call go, Fred, but you keep listening. You have just a little bit of a jumbly line. So scar tissue on the back of his eye.
2: Yeah, so typically scar tissue on your eye or within your eye is the same thing as having a scar in your skin, right? Uh, Unfortunately, once certain type of skin or tissue is damaged, uh, then unfortunately, that it's going to stay that way. Now, depending on the, the both the location as well as the severity of that scar tissue, one, we want to see, okay, is it in a location that's affecting your vision, both either peripherally or centrally? And secondly, if it is centrally, then how much of the vision is affected and is it progressing by any means? So if you have scar tissue and let's assume that it's progressing, then there are um, treatments such as injections or even, uh, as, a, as a generally mentioned, surgery that can be there to remove that tissue. Uh, but of course, with any type of treatment, then there's a risk benefit. Um, And in certain cases, uh, obviously without knowing exactly what the case is, if the number's too high, then the the surgeon's going to talk to you about uh, some other potential options or or leaving well enough alone. Um, Simply put, but scar tissue, once it's there, it's there.
1: Okay. And I do want to talk about surgery. Perhaps uh, you're about to have cataract surgery and you have some questions or concerns, or you're maybe not quite there, but your doctor's saying... Probably is a good idea to make an appointment to have the surgery. We have Dr. Ritesh Patel with us from the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Give us a call four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And before we go to break, when at what point will you be recommended for surgery?
2: Yeah, excellent question. I had a patient this morning, had the ex- exact conversation with her, uh, and, and she has early cataracts. She's 55 years old, right? And essentially the conversation was, is w- at what point is it affecting your functional vision, right? Okay. Is it impeding you from, for example, driving? In her case, is it impeding her from being able to do the work she does? She's in front of the computer, so is there a limitation there? Is there a big difference between the two eyes? right? So if one eye is, even if it's a a relatively moderate cataract, the other one has none, Uh, unfortunately, sometimes that difference between the two eyes can cause things like headaches. So how much of these issues are we having and and how quickly are they progressing? In her case, specifically, it was a mild cataract. I think she's at least two to three years off uh, in terms of actually, um, you know, needing to have surgery. But if it gets to a point uh, to where she's limited by any of the functional stuff she needs to do on a daily basis, then there's uh, there's no need to necessarily wait that long. We can come in soon sooner generally though the the surgeon or your optometrist is going to look for something that's called 2040 to 2050 vision that's the threshold we look for for legal driving so we don't want to wait till you get to a point where you can't function to that level even if you assume everything is perfectly fine uh, because if you get to that point it's a gray area and something happens and it's a little bit of a of an issue obviously nobody wants to get into an accident so we try and uh, not wait till it's that long so anything 2040 and uh, and over you'd want to get sooner done sooner than later
1: 416-360-0740, 866 The calls are coming in, so we want to get to them. We'll take a quick break and be right back with Jane Brown on Fight Back with Libby's Nimer Zoomer Radio.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Our trusted contributor, Dr. Ritesh Patel
1: of the Ontario Association of Optometrists, is here. We are talking about cataracts, and we've moved into cataract surgery. Judy from St. Catharines, go ahead with your question. Hello. I have cataracts, and I have to have surgery, and I've postponed it until October. And my question is, am
3: I damaging my eyes by postponing it?
2: Yeah, very good question. Um, and it's a common question, Ashley. So um, cataract, interestingly enough, the way your eye is designed, there's very separated parts, which means, you know, you can have a, a cataract, which is one condition, uh, and it'll have little to no impact unless it's extremely severe on the rest of your eye. So in extreme cases, it can it can lead to things like as uh, glaucoma, but I'm sure your optometrist or ophthalmologist would have mentioned that to you, that postponing it is not advised. Uh, but postponing it otherwise, it's simply going to make the vision a little bit blurrier from now till October but not have any effect on the condition of your eye
1: so ideally you want to have the surgery pretty much when it's recommended yes I well I couldn't because I had to have another surgery so um, I had to postpone it and I didn't want to have it in the summer because I have a pool and I understand I can't go in the pool for a month to six weeks
2: Oh, okay. Let's uh, dis- let's discuss that, Dr. Patel. So there's different philosophies on, on whether you can go in the pool or not. Obviously, the concern is infection, right? And that's uh, really the case typically after the procedure. You're going to be on antibiotic drops for at least a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I've had surgeons say, hey, within a couple of weeks, you're, you're okay to go swimming. Zero issues. And I'll have surgeons that uh, that say, okay, wait that six-week period in time. Uh, I would say that's a discretionary um, answer based on what your, your surgeon is best comfortable with. Okay. Uh, so if they say six weeks, wait the six weeks, right? Right. Like, it's, it's inevitably, going back to your original question, it's not going to damage your eyes to, to wait a little bit longer till October.
1: Janet from Toronto, go ahead. Yes, good afternoon. Um, I'm on the waiting list since last August to have my cataracts done, and it's very hard for me to read. Like, even with my glasses, I have to use a magnifying glass to read. Is and that normal, to have to wait that long for surgery?
2: That's pretty long, actually. So well, the
1: doctor's t- very busy. He's a Chinese doctor at... Um, at uh, Sunnybrook, and the, my my doctor told me he's very busy. My, my my eye doctor. Right. And so I I was wondering, do you think I should try and get him to recommend someone else?
2: Uh, you know, you, you always want to follow, obviously, what your your optometrist recommended. But being from August and you're still not, uh, you know, obviously follow through with, then I would actually ask for another recommendation, obviously looking at when you're actually scheduled for. So typically, let's assume that you came into to any office right now and we referred you. You're looking at about a three-month, maybe even a four-month wait. So if the original surgeon that they recommended to you is less than that period of time, I would say it makes less sense. Uh, but if it's going to still be, you know... Um, six months or longer, then I would probably look for another referral.
1: Right, and you have to be the advocate for your
2: own health. You have to be the
1: squeaky wheel, right? Because that's now eight months. That doesn't seem acceptable. That's
2: pretty long, actually.
1: Right. Lynn from Burlington, you have a question for Dr. Patel? Lynn, go go ahead. ahead. If you're with us, go ahead. Yeah, I'm with you. Good morning.
3: My question is, wearing reading eyeglasses when uh, one eye does have um, a cataract, uh, cheap Dollar store reading eyeglasses. Uh, what, what would your 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 comment be on that? Does that do more harm or good or?
2: Well, you know, wearing the wrong prescriptions is like wearing the wrong size shoes, right? Like it's simply going to be uncomfortable for you. Um, it, it's going to potentially throw off things like a depth perception and simply the quality of what you're seeing is just going to be impeded by it. Um, so you're better off obviously getting something customized so that both eyes you're seeing equal because that's what your brain is, is used to It's hopefully its entire life and, and it should continue to be used to that. So when you get something such as over-the-counter readers, they might be the right prescription for you. So it doesn't mean if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, then you're, you're going to to, uh, get more strain than anything else. Now, it's not going to cause a progression of, a, of the cataracts. It's not going to cause you to get glaucoma or certain conditions per se. It's simply going to be uncomfortable for you and, and put a lot more unnecessary strain on your eyes.
1: Carol from Markham, go ahead. Uh, you can ask Dr. Patel your question if you. Yes,
0: Dr. Patel, um, I had a benign acoustic neuroma tumor removed in August of last year, and uh, I'm having a lot of problems with my eyes right now, focusing and um i've had them tested they say my cataracts uh they're not ready yet and uh i just wondered if there's any special glasses i could get to help me sort of focus and see better than i'm seeing
2: oh that's, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that but i happy to hear obviously that it's at least been treated uh-huh. uh you know sometimes it, it can C9, hap- so yeah you know sometimes what can happen with uh with anything that's involving both the ear and the eyes is you can be left with a little bit of vertigo that's what I
0: have. A lot of vertigo.
2: Yeah, and so the the concern with that would be is when there's a disconnect between your eye and your and your ears. Unfortunately, part of that uh, part of that equation is simply just the ears, right?
0: And I've lost the hearing in the left ear. It it won't come back.
2: Yeah, so that's gonna be, that's gonna cause quite a bit of of uh, of your discomfort in terms of being thrown off. I would imagine uh-huh. that you've seen an audiologist yes. to kind of follow up with that to see if they can get more um, equal hearing between both ears. Uh-huh. In terms of the, obviously the vision, I mean, assuming that uh, what your, what your optometrist says was correct and if there's you know essentially no little to no cataract or correcting the vision with certain types of glasses may not be as benefit. You may want to look into uh, if there is a prescription and if there is a difference between the two eyes. It's something called a SHA lens, S-H-A-W. Uh, and it's a specific lens that's meant to um, be cater towards even the most minute of differences between the two eyes. Uh, and what it's meant to do is make them more equal and send an equal message to the brain, which you know for people that are extremely sensitive or have a, a significant a difference in prescription, uh, one of the categories which you fall into could benefit from.
1: You're listening to Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. I'm Jane Brown with our trusted contributor, Dr. Ritesh Patel. We're almost out of time, but Cordelia and Brampton, you can get your question in before we go to news. Go ahead. Yes. Hello. Good afternoon. I think it's afternoon. It is. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been using Cosopt drops for three years now and um i'm just- I have glaucoma, and I'm just wondering if there is something else I can use uh about a month ago, I developed a severe itch in my eyes I've tried um uh, different prescriptions and um, okay, uh, Cordelia, I've got to let you go, but I want Dr. Patel to get uh, to answer your question, so go ahead.
2: Yeah, so good question. Cosopt is an anti-glaucoma drop. It's meant to lower the the pressure within your eye. It's a combination drop. Of one of the the one of the drops, uh, or sorry, one of the ingredients within the drops uh, has been known to cause quite a bit of significant allergy. I would definitely f- uh, talk to your optometrist, uh, who's who, depending on who prescribed the medication for you, let them know about what you're what you're experiencing and so there are other drops that you can utilize that would give you a, a similar if not a better effect uh, without obviously having the the allergic component to it
1: dr patel we've left some callers on the line let's get uh, your information out for your office if anybody wants to talk to you off the air
2: sure uh, i Dr. Ritesh Patel, I'm at CNBC Night Care here in Liberty Village uh, in Toronto. And uh, you can always give us a call, 416-516-2020.
1: And Dr. Patel is with our Ontario Association of Optometrists, trusted contributor here with Fight Back with Libby Snymer. Thanks for coming in. Enjoy your walk with your family back oh, to your Absolutely. Office.
2: Thank you so much. My pleasure.
1: Great to
0: have you, as always. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.